Well, we're on a journey together. We, we've talked about um, some of the central characters in the story. Oh, no problem. And um, now we're, we're getting to the third character, who is actually one of my favorites. He's one of the least talked about, I guess. Um, it's Joseph. And so let me, let me read to you the scripture today. This is from the book of Matthew. We've been in Luke. We're going to go over to Matthew. This is Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, for some of y'all, this may be a little bit remedial, but some of y'all would appreciate knowing this, but there are four Gospels, and each of them tells the story of Jesus' life, of his death, of his resurrection. But the interesting thing is only Luke and Matthew have birth stories. John and Mark begin when Jesus is an adult. So if we didn't have Luke and Matthew, we wouldn't have any stories that portray this. Isn't that interesting? And actually, the, interesting, the other interesting thing is that these are both different authors, so they come at the story from different points of view. And so Luke takes the perspective of Mary's point of view. So that's where we have been. We've been learning about Mary, and then we saw how Elizabeth encouraged her. And now I want to turn to Matthew, because Matthew tells the story from the point of view of Jesus' father, Joseph. Okay, so here's the interesting thing when you compare Mary and Joseph. We have a lot of information about Mary. We have her thoughts and her feelings. We know that um, when people came, like when the shepherds came that night, she's treasuring things in her heart. We have her responses. We have her words, right? She says, I'm a servant of the Lord. Um, Let it be as you have said. And we have a song that she sang. Do you remember what Joseph says in the Bible? Tell me his, what his words are. What? Yeah, it's a, trick, it's a trick question. There are no words that Joseph says in the Bible. There's a few actions, but we don't, get a, we don't have any recorded word of his. We might know a little bit of being able to deduce from him by what he does. That's what I'm going to tell you about today, but we have much less about him. And to describe him, I love this, Matthew says when he's, you know, I'm going to describe the man who became the father of the Messiah, right? The earthly father. He says, Joseph was a good man. Joseph was a good man. What? I mean, I read this in Spanish too. Y'all know I like to do that. It says, y Joseph era un hombre bueno. He was a good man, period. I mean, that's like so blah, right? Well, he was a good man. I mean, not a great man. Come on. Now, think about this. I almost had us raise our hands before I got to this. If you had the choice between good and great, what would you try to hit? Great, right? Like, we all, and secretly, and maybe sometimes not so secretly, we want to be great, right? I mean, we'd love to be the people of influence. We don't have to be great at everything, right? But isn't it wonderful if someone can say to us, man, you are a great salesman or you are an incredible landman, 
You know, you're great at your job. You're a great coach. Or saying to you as a parent, you're a great father. You're a great mother. You are great. You know, great is like exceeds expectations, right? That's what I always shot for in school. Like Kevin and I, totally different. Kevin shot for good. He's a good man, right? I shot for like great. If I didn't get 100 on the test, there was something I did wrong. You know, I like wanted every single point. I wanted the greatness of the grades. I want that stole that they put around you, right? If you're great, they hang a stole on you. They give you a plaque. They recognize you. They give you power. If you're good, what do you get? You get your diploma, right? <laughs> they shake your hand. You're good. You maybe did a little bit better than average, but nobody's going to put a stole around your neck or give you a fancy thing on your diploma or even give you a plaque for your wall. You did good. You did a good job. Joseph was good. Matthew says he wasn't a great man. He was a good man. Now, think about this. Are there lots of great men and women in our world? There are. And we could name their names, right? Could you name, tell me a few great people, men and women, great people. Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, definitely great people. Who are great people in our nation today? They don't have to be good. See, that's the thing. They just have to be great. Tell me some great people. Y'all are naming good people who are also great. <laughs> who are, huh? Oprah. Oprah. She also has some good to her, too. Yeah. George Washington. Yeah. Billy Graham. God, church people. <laughs> Michael Jordan, thank you. Michael Jordan is a great person. Who else? Who else is great? What about Steve Jobs? I mean, when he died, people said he's, he, what? Amen. Amen. Okay, there we go. <laughs> great people. Great people usually have influence. They have power. They have money. You listen to what they say. Oprah, okay? Michael Jordan. And let's go Mother Teresa, okay? She's a great woman. Great people. There were some great people at the time, God was looking for parents for his son. There were great men that day. There were people who others envied, who lived in the best houses, who had tons of power. Tell me their names. Herod, great, great contrast to think about Herod, who was a king who made all these building programs, who did all this stuff. He was a great man. God did not choose Herod. We're going to talk about that journey. Well, God did not choose Herod. God chooses Joseph. We wouldn't remember his name otherwise. He was a good man. Adam Hamilton, if you're in the class, Adam Hamilton suggests that something interesting, that he was from, not Nazareth, because that's where we normally think he was from, right? He suggests he was from Bethlehem. And there's some proof for that. Um, when the census is taken, it says everyone returned to their own town. So Joseph went to Bethlehem. Now that kind of leads up in the air like if he was from Bethlehem, why is, he, why is there no room for him? And I'll get to that later. Um, I don't think it's as important where he was from. If he was from Bethlehem or if he was from Nazareth, he was from a small town. He was from Snook or he was from Ding Dong, Texas, okay? He was from one of those places. It's about the same. He was from a small town. Now he was a, what was his job? He was a carpenter. Um, that is a respectable trade. It's not prestigious. It's not great, but it's good. Okay, he was a carpenter. If you're a carpenter in a small town in Nazareth or Bethlehem, what does that mean about you? Like, how, how are you as a businessman? 
if you work in a small town. I think about like Lewis down here at Bee Creek, Bee Creek Automotive. If you are a crooked businessman in a small town, what happens? You're done. The doors close. And he's a small town businessman. So we know something about him just from that. He was a carpenter in a small town. He had to be honest. He had to be good at completing something when he said he was going to get it done, right? If Joseph told you that your cabinets would be installed by Monday, they would be there by Monday. Not Monday week, Monday. He was a man of his word. He was honest with his bills. If you weren't, you couldn't be a carpenter in a small town. Joseph would have liked working with his hands. He would have liked working out of doors. He would have had tools that his father handed down to him. He would have had tools that he saved to get himself, worked really hard for. That was who Joseph was. Um, so he grew up in a small town. He was a good man. And to this good man, something terrible happened. His fiancée turned up pregnant. And it was, he was a good man. It wasn't his baby. Now, if he was really from Bethlehem, then what happened is this was a long-distance relationship set up by the parents, right? So he's from Bethlehem, she's from Nazareth in the north, and they set it up long-distance. And remember how Mary comes down to be with her cousin Elizabeth? She came down to right outside of Jerusalem, to Encarim. And that's only about two hours away from Bethlehem. That's short in that day, okay? So somewhere in there, if they really are from Nazareth and Bethlehem, Joseph says, I'm going to go see Mary because she's so close. And somewhere in there she tells him. If not, it was when she came back. Either way, it's early in the pregnancy. Now, guys, how do you think that hit him? Hard. I mean, we think easy about how brokenhearted he must have been. But don't you think he was angry too? And let's just be honest. Mary comes and says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Elizabeth says this is great news, you know, like this is really good. This is the, the Son of God, actually. It's the Holy Spirit that made me pregnant. And I know that sounds hard to believe, but an angel came to me, and the Messiah is coming, and he's right here. Joseph didn't believe it. I mean, not only has Mary betrayed him, but she's lying about it. She can't even tell him the truth, and she's blaspheming God to say that God has done this. We know he didn't believe her, y'all. We know because he's looking for a way out. He's looking for a way out. Now, the first way out he could have had is the moment she says it, to call the authorities in the town and have her killed. That was the punishment for unfaithfulness. It was death. But he didn't do that. So just think for a second. The person you love says to you, and it would have to be, guys, think. The person you love says to you, I'm pregnant, the baby's not yours. Fury and hurt and heartbrokenness and not knowing what to do. And one of the things I love about Joseph, though he didn't believe Mary, he didn't act rashly. That's a sign of a good man, is that he went home and thought about it. I mean, it, that had to be the worst day, the most disappointing of his life. Everything was going well. He was going to get married. They were going to start a life together. She's pregnant. She's lying. She seems so sincere, but it just can't be. And he's trying to figure out what to do. Now, this really impresses me, y'all, because I have seen good and upright people undone by personal hurt. I mean, just totally 
undone. Because when someone betrays us, we want to lash out or we lose our temper or whatever happens. Joseph thinks about it. He even, it seems, sleeps on it. Either that or he falls asleep while he's thinking about it, which could also be a guy thing to do. I don't know. but Because um, one, one of the versions says, and while he was considering this, he fell asleep. I thought, oh, even, even back then. Um, <laughs> I've seen um, great men, y'all, people who we would say are great. We've seen this in the news lately, who have terrible, dark secrets who are not good men. Um, I've seen great men who can't keep their cool in traffic when someone pulls in front of them. I stand guilty of that too, even though I'm not a great man. I've seen great men who ignore their children, who ignore their spouse. But see, Joseph was doubtlessly angry. He was doubtless hurt. um, And he decided to protect Mary. He was a good man. He always lived the right way. He did the right thing. And when Mary didn't, at least that's what it looked like, he acted to protect her. And what he did was he he was deciding, I will grant her a divorce quietly. Now, what that meant is he would break the engagement. It was a very serious thing, so it was a divorce, without saying why he was doing it. So he would divorce her without giving a reason. Do you know what that meant? That meant that when it became obvious that she was pregnant, everyone would think the baby was his. Because anyone who the baby wasn't theirs would have done something else. Joseph says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to divorce her quietly. Not say. And so everyone would assume it was his baby. He would have to, her, her family would pity her. The town would pity her. They would keep the dowry, the half dowry that he had already provided, which was substantial. And he would have to give the rest of it that was going to be given when they got married. He would also have to take care of that child for the rest of its life. She would be spared and his reputation would be totally ruined. He would probably never have a chance or the money to get married again. Do you realize that's what he's deciding to do? Joseph is deciding for Mary, the one who has hurt him. Can you see why Matthew, when he goes to say, what am I going to say about Joseph, says, Joseph was a good man. He was a good man. Do you see why God picked him? to be the father on earth of his son. You see, because Jesus grew up in Joseph's house. He watched his earthly father deal with difficulty. He watched how he treated his mother, how he treated his other siblings. He worked with him in the shop. He worked with customers. He saw how his dad would treat the beggar in the town center. Jesus was watching Joseph. See, to me, a good man is somebody you would want your son or your grandson to grow up and be like. And so God picked Joseph. When Jesus is later asked to judge a woman who is caught in adultery, he does the same thing Joseph did. He says, I'm not going to condemn her. He offers her forgiveness and mercy. 
I believe that the way Jesus interacts with crowds of hungry people, with sinners and those who have fallen away, even though he never did, the way he interacts with lost souls, he learned from his father. Not just his father in heaven, but the father he had on earth, who was a good man, who chose the right way but had mercy when others didn't. Finally, where a great person is often concerned about only themselves, about the plaque they could hang on the wall or the stole around their neck, a good person cares about others. A good person will think beyond themselves to what is good for that person, even a person who has hurt them. That's what a good person will think about. Um, Joseph wasn't super smart. He wasn't super powerful. He wasn't. And yet God chose him. God chose him came from a working-class family, y'all. Every day at the end of the day, his muscles ached. He had a farmer's tan. He did. And yet he would defy that great king for the sake of God's plan. Joseph led his family through these things, through a tidal wave of slander. I mean, we don't have that, but as soon as somebody turns up pregnant before they're married, you know what happens. I mean, I've married couples who are pregnant when I marry them, and you would not believe how much people are talking behind their backs. It was the same back then. Um, he navigated his family's disappointment, her family's disappointment, in him for leading her astray, so-called. Um, he led them when the census was taken. Some, you know, they've had this, they had this dream for their lives. God comes in. It's a new dream, okay? So now everybody, these two good people, everyone thinks bad of them. They're getting through it, and, you know, they're going to have the baby in Mary's hometown. And then right before, nine months pregnant, the census comes in. You've got to go home to be counted so we can tax you, so that you can pay up. And Joseph leads his pregnant wife ten days through the mountains to get there. Um, he would welcome shepherds late at night after the baby was born. He would speak with prophets. He would invite mighty dignitaries from foreign lands into his home. When that great king threatened all of the children in Bethlehem, he evacuated his family. He smuggled them out to safety. He made them a place in a foreign land. He learned the language. He set up his shop again. He provided for them. Then he brought them back home. This is the man God chose. He's a good man. I would say that he is a great man too. But he's great because he started out good. He's good at his heart. Y'all, greatness is not a fruit of the Spirit. You know? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, greatness. No. Goodness, though, is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of God's working in our lives. And our generation has a ton of great people. But what we are aching for is good ones. Men, what our generation needs is good men. Good men. Who think of somebody else before themselves. Who do what is right and can be counted on. Who take daring risks when God calls them and leads them. We need good men and we need good women too. Let's pray. 
God, we thank you for the example that you gave us um, in Joseph, um, the father to your son on earth, and an example for us too today of that call to be good. And um, too often we get trapped thinking about trying to be great. And so, Lord, draw our, our hearts back to your calling to let goodness grow up in us. And help us to be more concerned about being good people, good people for you, than about greatness we might get for ourselves. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.